You guys are going through um, a series about uh, the Eucharist and the liturgy. Um, and I've got the, the first bat. <laughs> so, um, and, and I actually love being given this topic, a bit, talking about the benefit and meaning of the Eucharist. And then when I saw the posts go up and it's like, oh, I feel bored at church and like, what does this mean? I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> I was focusing on the Eucharist. Now we're, we've kind of expanded. So I liked it. I liked that we, we started going down that track of, of um, engaging in the liturgy. And so I thought it may be um, a cool topic to talk about what's the benefit and meaning of the Eucharist for me? Right, because I guess depending on what you want, it can mean different things to you. Okay, and you can go as deep into the rela- into the relationship as you want. Um, and depending on what you want, thanks, bro. And depending on what you want, that's what that's as much as you can get out of it. Right. So as deep as you you can go into a rela- into a relationship. That's what you can get out of the Eucharist. Um, and so I thought it would be cool to talk about what this means to me. I mean, you guys have like, already know the idea of the sacramental stuff, right? So with the sacrament, there's a seen thing and an unseen thing. Yeah, you guys know that? You guys on? Yes? Respond? Yes? Good. Okay. So with every sacrament, there's a seen thing and an unseen thing. And that's what makes it a mystery, right? Mysterion. That's the Greek word, all right? It's a mystery to us. Because we don't know how it happens. We know that the Holy Spirit does it. Okay? So with the, with the Eucharist, we know that you've got bread and wine, bada bing, bada boom, uh, then body and blood. Right? And that's through the prayers uh, of, of the liturgy and through the um, authorization of, of Abuna, all right, who was given the authority down from generation to generation, is, is able to partake in the sacraments. But let's try to take this a little deeper, right? The first thing we need to realise is that with communion comes healing. All right? Now, you guys aren't children anymore, so we're going to be very upfront with all this, right? The idea that when we have communion and, like, you, you go up and you have communion and you come back down, da 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 right? We all know what, what happens, right? Like, union with Christ, abide in me and I in him. But let's try to get deeper, okay? Because... The point of us being here today is you're saying, okay, I'm committed to my spiritual life and I want to do something about it. I'm not happy with where I am and I want to do something about it, right? And that's a good thing, right? That's where you need to be. That's what it means not being lukewarm. You want to continue getting better, okay? So what we're going to try to do is try to grow and bounce ideas off each other to get better in appreciating what the Eucharist can actually be for us. Okay, because it's an endless pool of satisfaction and love and generosity that comes out of the Eucharist. And the first thing to realise is the, the only reason why we enter into this church is because there's a sickness. Okay, and that sickness is known as sin. Okay, and we're all suffering from it. And so once you walk in those doors... What you're saying is, I'm coming into a hospital because I need help. Okay? No one walks through these doors and they're not in need. Okay? Um, and we're all sick. We're all on the same page. 
right? It's not that someone is more sick than another, right? It's we're all here in need of the doctor. And in Exodus, um, the Lord says, uh, I'm the one that heals you, all right? So this is in chapter 15, after they've left uh, Egypt, okay? Uh, they've already left Egypt. And this is actually the chapter where, um, uh, where Moses and Miriam, um, they're singing their hymn, okay? Which we sing in Tazbaha. Um, and... Uh, at the very end of it, the Lord tells them, okay, I've brought you out of this bondage and I've saved you from, um, from all of these calamities. Follow my commandments and don't worry, I've got your back because I'm, I'm going to heal you. Okay? All, those, uh, all that time in slavery, don't worry, I'm going to heal you of that. I'm going to heal you of that trauma. All the problems that you're going to face, don't worry, I'm going to heal you. In Psalms... King David talks about um, forgiveness of sins and being uh, 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 and compares that to healness of all diseases. Thanks, Harry. That one's not working. Um, and so here you see King David in his wisdom, all right, who talks about sin as being a disease and, and needing healing of it. Um, and Isaiah prophesied about Christ. Um, being on the cross where he was saying by his stripes we are healed okay where is this the one? <laughs> <laughs> we need some uh, QA <laughs> um, so um, Isaiah prophesied about this to say the wage of sin is death right so this sickness leads to death all right, it, it's, a, it's a coronavirus, right? But there, thank you, but there, there is a, um, a solution to this, okay? Because Christ already paid our price, all right? The wage of sin is death, he paid that price, okay? And from that we're healed. And it's important to understand that when we have the holy body and sacred blood, it's not just like a transformation into God in this specific time, right? Because God is eternal. He's yesterday and today and forever. So it's a bit trippy to think about it, that when you have communion, you also are partaking in God. Daddy! Yes, Into God eternal. And so what that turns into is us partaking... You're running from mommy. <laughs> and so it turns into that, um, that we partake in God eternal. So the God who was before time and has already judged the world, right? Because he's out of time. That's who we partake in. And so when St. Basil says, and may they become for all of us communion, healing, and salvation for our souls, bodies, and spirits. Okay. Um, this is one of the silent prayers that Abuna says in, in the St. Basil, Basil liturgy. Here we see what communion is able to bring to us. It's able to bring to us that healing. Okay. Um, St. Gregory in the, in the Gregorian liturgy, it talks about um, Christ being the saviour of everyone, the forgiver of our sins, who saves us from our life of corruption. 
Okay, again, well, uh, in, in uh, other versions it talks about um, uh, requiring healing from our corruption. And so, what I basically want to point out to you is that when you've got something that needs healing, there's a sin that's beating you down, or there's a past trauma which which is affecting your life, you're getting anxious and, and depressed about it, or if there was a bad breakup, if there was uh, like pressure from studies, if there's things that are beating you down, communion brings healing to that. Did you know? It's not just something that you eat and it's done, right? Because it's the Lord uniting with you. And this is what he promised us. That he, this is what he brings to us. Um, uh, a, a little story here. And this one's a, a little fresh. Um, one of my cousins recently was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and uh, he's a young guy in his 40s. And he, um, he's a very upbeat person. You know, like, he's like, oh, this is, like it's not going to get me. It's not going to beat me down. Anyway, and he wasn't a big churchgoer. He wasn't a big churchgoer. But once he was diagnosed, he started going. He's like, okay, I need to find some, some solace somewhere, right? Um, and so he started going to church um, on a regular basis. Um, and then he, he was regularly taking communion. And I was with him for a week, just, just a, a few weeks ago. Like we, we went out um, to country town to, to kick back there. And, and we were talking about this. And, and like, thank God now, like, he's in remission now. Uh, he's gone through his chemo. It's all gone. And, and Yanni, he, he's nearly finishing up his, uh, his therapy. However, um, I was asking, well, like, how do you keep this mindset? And how do you, like, focus in, like, what made the switch, you know? And he, he was telling me, like, uh, for him... The treatment was the communion, not the chemo. And this is a guy that, that didn't regularly go to church, right? And he goes to me, like, it got to a point where me not having communion on the Wednesday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, like, if I miss one of those, my body would get more affected than, than the chemo treatment. And he goes to me, like when they were doing the scans, he walked in there knowing that it was going to all be gone already. And, and he was so confident. He goes, and he, and he whispered to his wife, he goes, oh, I bet you they're not going to find anything. And they scanned and they said, I'm like, like, it's all gone. Like, like everything, everything's on track. And he goes, yeah, I know that. Let's go. Let's go out for, let's go out for a coffee. Like, and that's, that's what it brought to him. It was, it was such an important factor in his life and still is now. It, it was more important for him to have communion than it was to, to go for the chemo treatment. And I kind of link that to St. Isaac because he says, many are the pains of the hard-hearted and when the sick one resists the physician, his torment will be augmented. A lot of the time, unfortunately, we come into church and we're competing right? It's like, who's, who's getting dressed up more than this person? Who's nicer than this one? Uh, this one's being uh, a bit of uh, whatever, you know? And 
like we kind of lose focus that we're all on the same, in the same boat here. We're all in need, all right? We're all struggling, we're all facing some problem, and we're all in need. And so we're coming here to see the true physician, okay? And if we're not doing that, it's like we're ignoring that sickness, which is worse. And that's what St. Anthony says as well. It's absurd to be grateful to doctors who give us bitter and unpleasant medicines to cure our bodies and yet to be ungrateful to God for what appears to us to be harsh, not grasping that all we encounter is for our benefit and in accordance with his providence. For knowledge of God and faith in him is the salvation and perfection of the soul. So the way that God treats us, like if I'm battling anger and I pray to God, um, please, like, I want to get better and uh, in persisting with my anger and, like, not, um, you know, not getting angry as much, having more patience. The first thing God's going to do is throw a hundred really crappy situations my way to practice me not getting angry, all right? And then I blame God and I'm ungrateful to God to say, hey, why is all this stuff coming my way? Where that's, that's part of that treatment, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So step one is to understand, okay, we're all coming here to be healed, okay? And for me, it's I'm struggling with something and having communion brings a peace, brings a, um, a calming and God gives you strength and understanding and wisdom through communion, through the act of eating his body and blood, right? He gives you that that wisdom and understanding and knowledge to be able to persist through. Now, because we're going through problems in life, right, and because of all the stresses in life, we need comfort. And I love that he called the Holy Spirit the comforter. And indeed, he is the true comforter. Um, Isaiah says something beautiful, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Um, and I think of that like with Joseph and Claire, like the way that whenever like Claire falls or, or, or whatever, the first thing she says is mummy and she cries to mummy. And she's like, oh, don't worry about that. And she taps her and, and everything's good. Like it brings a comfort to her to know that, that mummy's around. Okay. And that's Isaiah is saying that's the same way that God is for us. St. John, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Don't worry. I, I once heard... Um, uh, something pretty cool. You know, you know, like when angels appear and they say, like, do not be afraid. Like, like when, when the angels appear to someone, they say, do not be afraid. Or when God appears to someone, he says, like, do not fear. I once heard that that phrase, do not fear, appears in the Bible. I don't know if this is true. You need to fact check this one. 365 times in the Bible. Once a year, it comes up. I thought that was pretty cool. And... Once a day, yeah, once a day for the year, yeah, sorry. And so like, I thought that was pretty cool, and I, and I love this verse because it's basically saying, whatever troubles come your way, don't worry, I've got your back with this, okay? I've created the universe, and I know you, and I love you, and you're mine, I've got you. Trust me, trust me. And that's what Romans talks about. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, by the Comforter who was given to us. 
the love of God is able to fill our hearts. It, it gets poured into there. And it's that hope in, the, in our resurrection that gives us that. And it's our hope that when we have communion, that we get filled by him. Right? Um, I love the Gregorian liturgy. The Gregorian liturgy, um, it, it's got this uh, great way of, um, of like painting a picture of the Almighty. Um, but one small part of it is, ineffable is the power of your wisdom and no manner of speech can measure the depth of your love towards mankind. Like you're so powerful, it's, it's immeasurable, right? And everything that you know is, can never be comprehended by us. And no matter how great a poet I am, not that I'm a poet, but like we are, we can't put into words what God's love is like to us. And it's so easy to say God loves us and it's really hard to believe God loves me. You know the difference? You know what I'm saying? Like we don't really think about the, that person, God loves me. It's always, oh, God loves us. You know what I'm saying? So it, like practice saying it. Practice saying it. You know like when, with repetition you start to believe stuff? <laughs> You've got, to, you've got to start to believe this truth that God loves you. And when you say, God loves me, and you, and you, you re- keep on repeating this, that's a power that sinks in. I love you, Lord. Yeah. St. Cyril's liturgy, that's um, a liturgy which we don't pray much, um, but, um, but these words uh, are said in multiple prayers that you would have heard. The hope of those who have no hope or the hopeless, the help of those who have no helper, the comfort of the faint-hearted, the harbour of those in the storm. And I love that. I love the idea of God being this safe haven, um, being the harbour in the storm. It's the thing that's unshakable, that's constant, that doesn't move. And that's the place that you dock. That's the place where when you land there, you're like, thank God. That's where the comfort is. When you're praying the liturgy, if you want to have that extra benefit and that extra meaning, pray for the comfort for you. Okay? Because the power is there. Okay? Um... One of the early church fathers' sayings, um, the Abba who was in, in, in Ilfu, used to say, Obedience comes into existence because of obedience. For if a man obeys God, God also obeys man. Okay? And that's basically to say, um, Seek and you shall find. Right? Knock and it will be open to you. Ask and you shall receive. It's to say that God loves someone that is asking for righteous things, for virtuous things. To, for growth in virtue. And being um, a peacemaker, being someone soft at heart, asking for comfort, is something that Christ loves because that's who he is, right? He is the comforter. He's everywhere and fills everybody. That's what we say in the Agbeya, right? And he is my true safe haven. And that's what I was talking to you about. This painting Yeah. It's called, um, what's it called, Jose? Jose? Saved by Grace, thank you. Saved by Grace. I love this painting. 
um, when St. Peter was walking on water um, and then through his unbelief he started to fall and Christ uh, picks him up. Joshua says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you're ever like worried or scared about a decision you've made, read Joshua 1 9. Alright? Read Joshua 1 9 and come and have communion and see yourself rise up like you've never risen before. Because through communion there's also a courage that is implanted in you. The same courage that when Christ was being falsely accused of everything he did and he was able to stay silent. The same courage of being whipped for our transgressions, not his own. Right? Don't think that God didn't need courage for that. Don't think that that was easy complete opposite and it's that same courage that he can implant in us through communion psalm 70 verse 1 have you guys heard of arrow prayers before yeah so my lord jesus christ have mercy upon me a sinner this is another short prayer or an arrow prayer which the monks use all the time okay psalm 70 verse 1 make haste O god to deliver me make haste to help me O lord okay um particularly when you're facing a temptation okay um, say uh, the temptation of lust whenever a wave comes through your mind okay, the first thing they do after Matonya's or during Matonya's is this, is this verse make haste O God to deliver me make haste to help me O Lord why? because God answers that call it's not an empty call you're calling for help and he comes to answer because he's that safe haven he's that hand that's grabbing you out of the depths and by repetition of this, of this, short, uh, of this short prayer, um, the Lord's able to um, create transformation of your mind. Right? You know that don't conform to the world but be transformed. Through the repetition of these arrow prayers and short prayers, you get a transformation of your mind. Um, Genesis 15, 1, uh, do not be afraid, Abraham, I am your shield. This was at the time where um, he was fighting with a few kings over Lot, and he just saved Lot. So, so he went in with his army, um, fought three, three battles, and was able to get Lot back. And now um, the Lord is saying, don't be afraid, I'm your shield. Okay, he's saying, you've got enemies out there, but don't worry, I'm protecting you. I'm your protector. And we get that same protection um, through communion. All right? I remember speaking to a monk once, and uh, I was talking to him about how to get over a, a certain sin. And he goes to me, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to make sure that you have communion every week. That's what he told me. I'm like, communion, how does that like, help get over the sin? And he said, okay, you have communion on Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you have to tell yourself and remind yourself, how do I do this sin if I just united with our Lord? All right? And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you tell yourself, how do I commit this sin if I'm about to be united with my Lord? Okay? And it's a great practical tactic which helps you get over these sins. Right? 
Um, you know the fraction prayers in the liturgy? Yes? No? The fraction prayers? These are the prayers where Abuna um, breaks up the body into, into pieces. It's done towards the end of the liturgy. Um, there's a fraction, and there are annual ones and, and ones during Lent and seasonal ones. Um, there's an annual one which is known as the Wisdom Fraction. It's uh, by St. Epiphanius. Um, and it talks about wisdom. For those of you who have been attending Bible study and Proverbs, this was in one of the ones that we did. Okay, a plug for, for our Bible study on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. <laughs> it's all in English. Make sure you come. In chapter 9, Proverbs chapter 9, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. Okay, that's what Proverbs says. Okay, and the church fathers contemplate this and they say, the house of wisdom is the universal and apostolic church and her seven pillars are the life-giving sacraments of God, the Eucharist being one of them. Okay. And... I think a lot of us feel like the church is our home, right? It's one of those things that is unchanging no matter where you go around the world. Um, my wife and I, we were living in the States for a couple of years, yeah? And when you enter a church and you smell that incense, it's kind of like that same feeling. No matter where you are in the world, you get this feeling that, yeah, this is home. This is, this is our place. Um... St. Basil says, let us also be glad and bear with patience everything that the world throws at us, securing the knowledge that it is then that we are most in the mind of God. I'll give you a story about the True Haven. When Dad passed away, one of the hardest things that I felt, like, like you're obviously sad, right? One of my worst points of sadness was walking the coffin out of the church. Because you're walking out of the home for the last time. And that was a really hard thing to, to bear. Um, and what St. Basil says here, that's when we're most in the mind of God. I can't explain how right that was. Because with communion and with, with uh, guidance from my confession father, there was like... Like a time of non-stop where I could see God's hand in everything I do in my life. And that was a, at a really big time where like my spiritual life started to boost because of that. So if you want to be able to, I guess, see God more in your life. If you're asking why can't I feel God in my everyday life? Or um, how do I, like everyone talks about like these God experiences. How do I feel one? Okay. One of the key one, one of the key things that you have to do is a regular communion. Okay, and I'm not just saying that because uh, communion, confession, praying, Bible, whatever. I'm not talking about like as a routine thing. When you're having communion, you have to pray for it. All right, and that's what I mean by the benefits and the meanings of the Eucharist can be as much as you want it to be because it's in your control. It's in your control how deep you want to go. Okay? If you want to be able to, to see God in your everyday life and you pray for that during the liturgy, like the, the, one of the questions was, like, how do we not get bored through two hours of liturgy? That's how. 
you turn it into something real, not just some routine that you walk in, walk out, right? That, that it's said in a different language that I don't even understand and my, my face is just looking around. You turn it into something for you. It's got to be a personal thing between you and God, okay? And you know what? You're not going to focus for the whole two hours and that's okay, all right? But you need to be able to come to him and say, I am in need. I am struggling. I need you because... I want you because. I want to experience you because. One of the things that I first prayed for during the liturgy was for God to guide me, for him to be my leader, for him to be like the, the compass of my life. St. John says, we love him because he first loved us. I never really understood what this meant until having a baby. So if you think about it, right, if you think about it and we're thinking, okay, like uh, a guy and a girl, they get together, they get married, right? They get married um, because they both want to get to heaven and they're working with each other to get there and uh, their, their, their friendship and their love grow towards each other. And, um, and it becomes such an intimate relationship. Love is the core of that, right? Between, between God and, and the couple. And the love grows and the couple unites, okay? Um, and a baby is born out of love. Love was there and we loved Claire way before she was, she was there way before and we couldn't wait to have a child and we couldn't wait to see her like when we did finally fall pregnant we love him because he first loved us that that love for claire is so strong i can't even explain it right it's it's one of those things where like and it's actually coming in the next few slides but it's like how do you explain how sweet honey is to someone when they haven't like had sweetness before you know what I mean it's something that just can't be explained I can tell you oh I love you or your parents love you or whatever but until you're like at that stage like it's, it's very hard to understand and, and like I was talking to someone else about this just earlier this week about a grandparent's love for, for a grandchild I've got no idea well, that's why I can imagine it, but there's no way I can understand that because going through this experience, it kind of blew my mind to say, oh my God, that's what it's like now. And I forgot why I was going down that track. But basically, the point is, God's love is so strong for us as our Heavenly Father. All right? Sometimes, sometimes another thing that I'm going to tangent off is when we're, like if we're thinking of communion being in communion with God, communion with our heavenly Father, um, the understanding of God as our heavenly Father sometimes goes a bit awry because of the word Father. Some of us have great parents, some of us don't. Some of us have loving parents, some of them throw shapeshifts at us, and it's kind of different to think of that compared to our heavenly Father who is all-loving, right? 
So the the concept of like he he first loved us because we love like we love him because mm. he, that's a beautiful thing to pray for while going to have communion because the only reason why we're able to partake of him in this way is because of his love for us right and it's a blessing and we can excuse me and we can say to ourselves thank you lord for giving me the opportunity to experience your love in this way because i don't know anyone who would be willing to die for me like you did Proverbs 3, 5, 6, uh, Cassie, is, is this yours, favourite, I think? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and your, in your, um, your own ways acknowledge him and he, he shall direct your paths. Um, praying for God to guide your steps to help you make decisions is a beautiful thing to pray for. Um, one way to be able to do that through communion is um, to write down decisions and put them on the altar. So that's another practical thing that you can do. If you're not sure what to do, write it down and put it on the altar. Pray for it during the Mass and have communion. And say, I'm, I'm going to leave it to you to make that. I want you to direct me with this. And whether it's easier or... I'm not going to say your decision just automatically comes up like, like, like a bright shining star. That's not how it works. Okay, but you can, with whatever decision you come to make, you're comforted to know God's got your back with it. Okay, so whether you're turning left or turning right, God's got that flashlight, so, you, so you're not falling into the, into the holes. You're still the, the driver, right? Your will is, is what operates. But it's God that's like showing you all the obstacles in the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is specifically talking about communion because communion is one of those sacraments which is a requirement for heaven. And the only way that we can gain eternal life is through baptism and communion. The first canticle... So this is in Tezbaha, says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorified in his saints, amazing glory, um, performing wonders? The reason why I love this, okay, and this was Moses, uh, one of Moses' um, hymns, is God literally just did these ten amazing miracles, right? And then the Israelites... We're, we're freed, let your people go, you're done, go. And they pick up their stuff and out they go. And they get to a sea, right? And then you've got Pharaoh's chariots behind them, you've got the sea in front of them, and you've got mountains on the sides. There's nowhere to go. God's solution of this is part the sea. Can you see how insane that is? It's not sin boats. It's not an earthquake. It's not some, I don't know, hovercrafts or Range Rovers to drive through. He split a sea. Isn't that insane that that's the solution? And so why wouldn't you want someone like that leading you? 
You know what I'm saying? He sees things like you don't see them. Your ways, his ways are higher than our ways. We don't see it. Let him lead you. Pray for that. All right? Put that down on paper. Put it on the altar and have communion with him. Let him be in you to lead you. St. Irenaeus says, God did not tell us to follow him because he needs our help, but because he knew that loving him, he would make us whole. God doesn't need us. We need him. Okay? God doesn't need us to love him. We need his love to fill us. We need, his, we need to be with him to be filled through communion. And when you're ready for him to lead you, that's where it gets to a deeper level, okay? Where he becomes your true love, okay? Romans, I love this, uh, these few verses. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How beautiful is that? It's like, ain't no mountain. This is where it comes from. This is where it comes from. Right? God's love is so deep for us. Okay? And it kind of goes to what St. Irenaeus was saying, that we need to be plugged into that. All right? We can think that wealth is going to make us happy, that a good job, a good car, whatever friends, whatever clothes, we want to fill our lives with these things. But until you're plugged into this and you get to experience just a little taste of this, then you can't get enough of it. You get addicted to it. True? It's an addiction. It's like, now I know what I've been missing out on. I need more of this. In the Friday Theotokia, it says, He took what is ours, our flesh, and gave us what is his, All right, the eternal life. We praise and glorify him and exalt him. Him taking on our flesh is like the most humbling thing he could have done. All right, think of God who is everywhere and fills everybody and all-powerful, and then he comes to our weakness, and he humbles himself to, to us to save us. Only someone, not just loving, but a true love, right, can, can get to that kind of level. And this is what I was talking about before, St. Basil. It's impossible to verbally describe the sweetness of honey to one who has never tasted honey. So the goodness of God cannot be clearly communicated by the way of teaching if we ourselves are not able to uh, penetrate into the goodness of the Lord by our own experience. You've got to experience it yourself. No matter how much I'm talking up here, no matter how much someone else tells you about how great God is and how much he loves you, you will never get it until you experience it yourself. If you want to, and that's the key. It's if you want to. It depends on you how deep the relationship goes. Okay? It depends on you. If you want to take it to that next level, okay, and if you're serious about it, God will reveal himself. Okay? You have your communion, and I promise you, you'll feel it, and you'll hear it, and you'll say, okay, I'm here, buddy. Let's go. What's step one? What's the, plan of, what's the plan of action? St. Augustine says, To fall in love with God is the greatest romance, to seek him the greatest adventure, and to find him the greatest human achievement. 
That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? And it is the greatest romance. I really do believe that. Because it's through a relationship with him that we're able to get relationships with others. Right? Um, it's through understanding what love can be through him that we can try to imitate that in his image. Okay? And so, basically putting it back to you, like this topic was about the meaning and the benefit of the Eucharist, right? I just touched on a few little things, okay? Um, but if you want to understand the true benefits of it, it can be only done by experience. It can't be me saying it to you. And it can only be done by how far you want to take it. So you've got to ask for it. Okay, it can't be done on your own. Through man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. It is up to you how deep you want to go. I pray and we fast together that we're able to continue growing in God's love and in his wisdom and to, I, I pray that we yearn to get deeper with him. It's sad when I see us around getting washed up in today's world and we're focusing so much on our studies and our work and our friends or family or whatever and we're not putting enough focus, enough time, enough planning into our spiritual life. And I was talking about this yesterday. We put in so much time and effort to say, okay, um, year 12, I'm going to blah, blah, blah to get these marks. These marks, I need them so I can get into this course to be able to work as this. And then um, oh, I've got this five-year plan to be able to get this car or this, or this house. After the house, I'm going to hook up with this girl, da, da, da. The point is, we've got all these plans of our regular life why are we not doing this with our spiritual life, which is more important, which is eternal? Why are we not thinking, okay, here I am with my spiritual life. I need to be able to get to there. I've got no idea how to get there. I need to speak to someone who does. Abuna, are you available? I suck at reading the Bible. I'm really terrible at praying. I don't feel God in my life. I feel hopeless. I feel anxious. I feel depressed. I feel down. I need someone. All right. You're at the right place. Right? You've come to the doctor's office. True doctors on, on the altar. All right. Step one. See the physician. Have your communion. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever think that it doesn't do anything for you. Okay? He's the healer. He's the comforter. He's the all-loving. He's not going to do wrong by you. He doesn't know how to do wrong. He's all, he's all right. When he's creating something, at the end, it's good. It's not bad. There's no such thing as he makes bad. He doesn't know how to. See what I'm saying? So put your trust in that. I did have a little... It's listening to the Gregorian liturgy, a portion of it, where it talks about what Christ did for us. How are we going for time, Mariam? We all right? Up to you guys. Yeah? It's okay? Do you guys want to do this? Yes, yes or no? Yes. Yeah? All right, Mina, can, can you hit the lights? Can we, can we switch off the lights? Sure. 
So this is a born Antonio Stanios. Um, he's a US priest. And what I want you guys to do is to close your eyes. Think about what you want with your spiritual life. And listen to the words. Listen what he's praying. Listen to what he's saying. And th- when, when you're going through this, try to understand what God has done for us. What, not what he's done for us, what he's done for you. Right? Yeah, can you go... And we need to go to yeah, okay. minute 31, 37. Okay. Try to think it as he's going through it. Okay, comprehend the words. We're gonna, and if we can, I want to leave the words up there. So if if people are re- are more of the visual, they can read it along with them. We put this back. Thank you. 
conversation to Jesus okay so that's why uh, throughout all, all of this he talks about it's me or my right so again as you're contemplating through this use the me or my don't say in your mind he's talking about mankind or our like keep it on me have start having that one-on-one -on -one. yeah but you have sought after that which had gone astray as a true father, you have labored with me, I who have fallen. You have found me with all the remedies that lead to life. You are he who hath sent to me the prophets for my sake, I the sick. You have given me the law as a salvation to me when I disobeyed your law. As a true light you have shown upon the lost and the You have shown me the power of your authority. 
given sight to the blind. You have raised the dead from the tombs. You have established nature by the word. You have manifested to me the economy of your tender mercy. You have borne the oppressed of the wicked. You have given your back to the scourge. Your cheeks you left open to those who smite. For my sake, O oh my Master, you have not hidden your face from the shame of spitting. Partaking of your flesh, 
Quick question for you guys. Did that feel any different? What? Did yeah, that yeah. W was there anything different going through your mind this time compared to a regular normal liturgy? If the answer is yes, if the answer is yes, grow on it. Okay? You it, it's what we call um uh, uh micro focusing, all right? Being able to focus a lot for the full period of time is going to be extremely difficult, all right? especially if, uh, if you're not plugged in yet. I'm calling it plugged in. If you're not plugged in yet, the expectation that from now on, if you're going to be coming to the liturgy and you're just going to kick butt the whole way through, it's not going to happen. Okay? But you, you take small portions of it and you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hone in my prayer during this time. And then, that, then you start growing on that. Say, okay, now it's going to be this section and, and this part. And when we're bowing down at this portion and, and this. And you start growing that way. Okay? Does that make sense? Now, if you, if you feel like you didn't really feel a difference right through that compared to your regular liturgy, that's okay as well. Okay? Um, and there's no shame in that and there's no problem with that either. It's perfectly normal if that happens. What that means, though, is when you're putting your prayer in, believe it. Believe that God delivers. He's not just a listener. He's a doer. All right? So put it, put it back to him to say, hey, I'm putting myself on the line here. I don't really believe this, but I want to. Make me feel it. All right? Put it back to him. Ask for that. If you're not feeling it, ask, ask for it. Lay it to his feet. Right? P put that burden down. Does that make sense? That's all I have. Uh, in, in glory be to God forever. Amen. Any questions?